0: I am kind of starting work on a, a new piece of writing right now and I'm in the very novel situation of doing some research for it rather than just writing whatever occurs to me or pleases me to say and um, regardless of whether it's true or not. So is this... Am I late to the party? Is this something that you guys do? Or are you also wing and a prayer kind of writers, check facts later, do some stuff, probably fine, whatever. Me. (laughs) Yes,
1: done. Excellent.
0: Good. And three out of three. Yep. All right. Well, see you next week, guys.
2: (laughs) um, I like uh, that topic today because uh, I'm reading a book at the moment uh, by Juan Gabriel Vásquez, who I think he went into. When you read about the, the the writing of the book, it's he went into a lot of research in order to write it, and I think a lot of it has to do with telling facts of history in a in a fictional way, from even the beginning of the nineteenth twentieth uh, century, uh, end of nineteenth century, and I think you can't write that book he's written. Without actually relying on a lot of uh, actually hand, you know, um, tangible uh, evidence, pieces of evidence from that time, whether that's correspondence, letters, um, uh, newspapers, um, you know, um, from that time, you know, to, to understand the, the vibe and what was happening uh, actually at the time. Uh, although he does say in a note at the end of his book, you know if you want to treat it anything else, anything other than uh, fiction, do it at your own peril. <laughs> so it's still fiction, but I think you can write with that amount of detail and make people believe that you're actually writing what you're writing about if you don't do your research and you don't replicate some of the things um, you know that happened at least in a different time. So this is definitely helpful, I find, research for historical novels. And in my case, um, I think uh, I've done the research in order to understand the background of the, the political implications of what I'm ra- trying to write about. I mean, the political aspect of what forced my character, my, you know, Orestes, to move abroad. Because a lot of it is like social issues, social uh, situations that they have nothing to do with, with family or friends, you know, even if the story is, is driven from that perspective. Within himself and within, you know, uh, Greeks that actually flee from Greece, uh, you know, uh, if we can say that, um, that migrate elsewhere, there are a lot of uh, social issues that, that come from political agendas. So I did buy a couple of books uh, to understand Greek history. Uh, funnily enough, they're not from Greek people, but they are like some scholars in actually in the UK, in London, who do a lot of research on the on the modern um for example, the book I bought was the modern biography of uh, of a nation, and that's about Greece. So he he talks about the last 300 years of what Greece really is, and because I want to compare that uh, notion of what Greece used to be, alas, for example, from the past to what we now call Greece, and there's a gap of a lot of things that uh, occurred between, you know, the first century. Uh, the, First and second millennia before we end up like a new modern nation, I think I can't really write about and understand what I'm writing about unless I actually research about it. Whether it will feature as a factual uh, thing in the in the book, I don't know. Uh, Definitely, certain political aspects may uh, that may happen in one or two chapters or three chapters. Perhaps I should research them a little bit more so I know what I'm writing about. And I've actually made some bookmarks, you know, in my laptop here and there to go back to some resources about uh, pieces of writing from, uh, you know, everyday newspapers uh, that they are actually talking about these the same topics I'm trying to actually uh, look into. So that's that's my aspect of research uh, from reading a book that I think relies heavily on research and what my feeling is and what I've been doing in terms of, my own uh, research
1: that that, that sounds quite significant quite robust Mm. and i think that the fact that you've got this kind of historical political economic socio-cultural you know that you're wanting to capture something of that whether how much of it you actually convey i think it totally makes sense that you would have a kind of foundational so that you can almost put yourself in the position of the character where were they what what would the things that were impacting their life in order to drive their decision-making. I think that's really um, interesting. Do you feel any sort of pressure with it? Yes, (laughs) a lot of of pressure because I think it's,
2: first of all, I will be judged on what I write and whether I understood things correctly. But on the other hand, um, there's the other kind of pressure of actually um, creative pressure of sorts of understanding things in a way that mm, I think there are there are gaps in the way we talk about these things, uh, you know saying things a little bit with a bit of more of an edge, and I really want I do feel a bit of pressure of actually getting there saying the things that are not easily um, you know uh, said out loud, uh, but in a, in a nuanced way within within the con, you know the, the structure of a novel, so
1: that's that's uh, a bit of a challenge,
2: and yes,
1: pressure for sure. Can I ask, are you capturing the that moment as the character is living it? So as they're experiencing it, or is it them reflecting back on it? Only because the material that you're absorbing, well, perhaps the, the kind of newspaper, that sort of stuff will be very present to the time, but the other stuff is very reflective. It's a retrospective on the time. And there might be something that's kind of that, that, additional vantage point of the fact that it's retrospective that actually in the moment those things might not have been as clear the the themes with the reasons for doing stuff or they might have felt very different at the time so I'm just interested to know is it, are you telling it from the present of when that stuff was happening or is it him looking back or so one
2: of it is um, one part of it is him um, justifying himself to Athena because there's a there's conversation about why he left. So he wants to, to tell her, this is why I left. And this, and this has nothing to do with you, Athena. But, and he wants to provide like a, a robust answer about um, how he felt at the time. So it's not like I'm going to go into a, um, an analysis of what's happened at the time. I'm not going to do like a retrospective of a, a scene of what was happening at the time because I want to tell the story in the present. But there will be a conversation, uh, and and arguably he will have some of the context from uh, like 20 years ago when she was born and why he left. So I need to understand what was this political situation at the time and why he made the decision to leave. Mm -hmm. And from that build uh, to a conversation of how Athena looks at things from her uh, vantage point of view. And the thing is I want to bring uh, a couple of things in the discussion um, like um, adoption, or not adoption, sorry, um, parenthood in terms of uh, motherhood and, and fatherhood and what that really means. So, I, I really want them to have that conversation um, what uh, fatherhood means and how that reflects into actual social and cultural issues of the time. What does it mean to be a father in Greece uh, at any given point? I mean, what are their responsibilities and how Orestes is failing them? and what that's the impact and the effect on athena Uh, but athena is is a little bit angry and i want to put words in her mouth as it were that they don't necessarily make sense you know they don't necessarily have a a logical or a rational that's going to stand up in a court let's say but i really want to capture that anger with her uh, and with orestes you know uh, deflect maybe or justify things through a political from his point of view, why why am I like that? And so have a conversation about not family structures necessarily, but what does it mean to be a father to a, to, a, to a child, whether that's a you know um, a male or female? It's irrelevant. It's mostly about what are your responsibilities as a father nowadays, and what has been the responsibilities of a father thirty years ago. Uh, and I want to just show the the gaps and, and you know how we could have been better and whether these things are changing. That's the conversation I want, one part of the conversation I want to
0: show. And what you don't want is for, I mean, you, you're really invested in their relationship and understanding their relationship, and you don't want the detail of the socio political economic situation to get in the way. You don't want somebody to come across the detail and then say, but that's wrong, this book's stupid, and throw it out. You, you don't want that to... an obstacle to the heart of the story that you want to tell exactly
2: and in the end it's all about why people behave the way they do but mostly uh, in relation to the other people around them it's about love it's about regret it's about um, nostalgia it's about Mm. all of these things it's nothing to do with with politics, it's just that politics is in the background. But I think unless I understand what's the background,
1: there's no way to put it in the background, even even if it's in the background. It's also they they'll have both spent so much time reinforcing a narrative around why he left, and so there's that interesting part of this discussion, and that it's not just a case of like, oh, you tell mm. you contradict my version of events, and I'll just suddenly go. Oh, okay, yeah, this is all forgiven, and yeah. Oh, I sort of get your point. Actually, no, you become embedded in these things. You, we're all telling ourselves a narrative of why our life is mm-hmm. the way it is and how we're living it. And how, I don't know, I can't remember how many years you said it is between, but that's a that. However long it is, it's going to be. You know, they've just been spending that time reinforcing that stuff. It's very rare to encounter a human who has spent a significant amount of time just constantly pivoting with. You know what's happening in the world mm. as opposed to just going, No, this is what I think, and these are the reasons why I think it's going to happen, and I'll just keep confirming that to myself. So, it's that's an interesting point of the discussion. Um, that there are things that they could learn, but it, they might not completely change their mind on this, um, or be satisfied by mm. what they get from each other, you know.
2: Yes, and remember, this is mostly, uh we we find out that this is mostly Athena's uh, attempt to understand Orestes. So, because she wants to 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 not necessarily forgive, but somehow make sense of what happened and how do we move forward. The, the only word that comes to my mind is forgiveness. In the end, whether that's actual forgiveness in the sense that you you are now spending time with that person, it's irrelevant. It's mostly how do you reconcile these these feelings and these ideas, this conflict. Um, within you from athena's perspective so um yeah there are things i need to um yeah this is the
1: difficult part
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) and maybe there's things that are unresolved there as well yeah yeah like i said about the satisfying thing like there's there'll be a version of that forgiveness that perhaps he's seeking um that can never actually happen it's never going to be fully resolved it's always going to be you know, it's that, it's kind of like a version of that Don't Meet Your Heroes. It's kind of like, you know, I'm, I've got conversations I've longed to have with family members and people I know, you know, just to air out some grievances and resolve everything and be like, oh, we're so much better place now. But realistically, if I ever, you know, drove that conversation forward, it's just not going to turn out exactly how you expect. But to be seeing it happening is exciting and you know how you're going to capture that on the page is is really significant to the, mm. the rest of the story, isn't it? So yeah, I think that's really cool. Kind of drifted off research here, but yeah, I'm I'm really I'm fascinated. This wow. is how the research meant to inform that that aspect. I mean,
2: um, that's how research gets into the characters. That that's what
0: you, that's
2: why I think I, we went into that part. Yeah,
0: yeah, you've got to build their each individual social context, haven't you? You can't yeah. just say. This is what's happening in Greece it's like well great but what does that mean for that person's life what does that mean for that person's life which aspects are the most pertinent to them but not to them mm.
2: exactly and we're having like a lot of talks about the patriarchy right you know nowadays and we have the the most recent uh, you know research feminist feminism um you know um kind of uh, method research method and I'm just trying to understand whether where Athena stands, what's her, what's her angle, what's her perspective, you know, her worldview. Is it a feminist? Is it not feminist? Is it something else? What's her worldview that's actually challenging or ecstasy? Because I think we grow we grow up with these things, and I can't really keep analyzing everything. I think I saw um, something recently where it said you can't analyze everything according to Freud. You know, into in 2020, he's been you know he's been analysed, he's been used in in reading literary texts in many ways, Lacan, whatever you wanted, Mm. we have to find new ways, more recent and more urgent and more relevant ways of uh, reading texts. And I think not just reading texts after we write them, but also before we write them. That's why I'm I'm mentioning the social context that Karina pointed out uh, for the characters. And uh, that's what I'm trying to establish with with a couple of them. Mm.
0: I think I'm doing a similar kind of thing. For the piece that I'm working on now because I I am writing a new play but it's not a new story. I'm taking the story and the characters of my first book and turning them into a play but I'm doing it differently this time. It's not just a straight, for, straight lift um, and I really want to do some work on the characters and understand them properly and I... I basically have to psychoanalyse my characters, which is really interesting. I have to get inside their fictional made-up heads that I have made up and try and figure out what's going on. So what are their motivations? What do they need? What do they think they need? What do they actually need? What do they think they want? What do they actually want? And try and dig into that subconscious. So that's quite, that's quite fun, actually. I'm quite enjoying that.
2: Have you built have you built a family tree for the characters to know what their relationship is with their parents?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've just started that. So mapping out where do these people meet each other in what circumstances and how do they get on and what are the issues and why where's that come from? And yeah, so it's it's really taking shape. It's I, I'm I'm gonna spend ages on this before I write a word of the play, I think, but I think it will be a better play for that. What it will do is save me a lot of revisions and redrafting afterwards because I've got all that in now instead of get writing a nice story and then thinking, oh, yeah, there's probably some more stuff going on here and why haven't I explored that and that's a bit feeble and then having to do it all again.
1: you think there's, like, a line where you have to be careful not to stifle the creativity mm. do you know what i mean because I'm, I'm sure that some people take the approach of yeah i spend weeks months years researching then i write and that's when the, the story comes out of it mm. then there's people who be doing it like you're doing it for this, where way you you're working through it and as you get to different parts this is from like this is my perception your researching areas and building up a kind of foundational knowledge as you're going through this stuff. There'll be people who maybe do it yeah, retrospectively, get the story out there and then go back and do the kind of fact checking and make sure it kind of lines up. And then there'll be people who do none of it and are just justify it as it's a creative piece. It's not a, you know, because there's something for me that I've never been attempted, never been tempted to, to do anything that's kind of a biopic or, um capturing a historical event Mm -hmm. because it almost feels like too much of a journalism piece Mm is it from what i want to be writing you see what i mean and maybe too much pressure to be capturing the exact details of something um but yeah do you think there's a line between kind of when you reach searching something and kind of you don't want to stifle that creativity
0: yeah i remember reading um Uh, a very famous crime author who's made more money uh, in her career than I think some countries produce in a year. And I read her first book, in fact, her first few books, and they were very much about, look, I've done my research. Look what I know. Here's some stuff, and I know this stuff, and I want you to know that I know this stuff. And that came across really strongly. So I think that's a danger where the research gets in the way because you're so proud of it. And also you can, you can do research forever. At some point you have to stop, don't you? And just start writing. But I'm too impatient for that. I, I will, I will start itching to write and then everything else will have to catch up. So at some point it'll be like, that is quite enough. I really have this great idea now and I want to start writing it. But, yeah, I know, think there can diverge. be attention.
2: It's like a feel for uh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Karina's view because uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking of Dan Brown. He's the one that I've read. Who, hmm. You know, he, he relies a lot on research, I think. And it just comes out in a way that at some point it feels like a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't. there's no point to do that. Uh, that's not what we're trying to do. And I think I, I'm... Doing it a little bit, I started writing the dialogue, how people feel about the relationships, you know, between them, and then I realized just that I, okay, I need to inform myself in certain things before I, I I you know plans ahead. That's why I'm I'm halfway through, let's say, uh, or two thirds along the way, where I'm I, I need some uh, non-fiction <laughs> to read non-fiction about the history. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to add that all in a very you know, this is a table of <laughs> what was happening, or a map in the beginning to know how Greece was and how Greece is. There's no point to do that. I think I still want the focus to be on the characters and the relationships rather than uh, any factual information or historical event. Uh, whether they are these are part of the story. This is another thing. But the focus I want definitely to be on the characters. Hmm. So,
0: Josh, do you feel that you are? You're not dodging research, but are you just drawn to subjects in your writing that where it's pretty much the research is your own life and your own experiences?
1: Yeah, I think so. But I think I know that there's points where I'm going to cross into right now, I actually need to know more about something. Mm. So more than just my interpretation of kind of because I consider myself decently informed. I take in, try to take in a few different things and um, I've never been someone who reads an article, a a longer read and goes, oh, I've got to make this the story. There might have been the odd little detail I pick up on and take away. And when I'm writing, I do detail checks. That's my kind of research Mm. currently is I'll do detail checks just to make sure something's quite right. And they might be down to, correct spelling for something, the name of something, or it could be down to the layout of an area or something like that, but nothing huge. But I know that there will be points where I need to cross into this. So the idea that I'm working on at the minute, um, which I don't think I've I've mentioned on the podcast yet, is uh, a writer, creator, visionary for a, a new TV drama. Um, about the TV drama is about a person who takes a side step in their life to become to do eulogies professionally, and eventually gets dragged into this kind of growing cult movement, <laughs> lifestyle cult movement, and eventually becomes the leader of it. And that kind of mirrors the life of this person who's creating and running this show, and they have the ultimate power over this show and start to. There's a weird kind of fourth wall breaking down of what's real, what's in their fantasy, and then what is the stuff that they're writing for the screen because they're the sole voice behind the show, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of – that's. but there's going to be a point where the real world of running a show, I need to know more about that and actually mm-hmm. what, are the, what are the daily ins and outs of being a showrunner. I've got certain ideas because it's a world that I'm very fascinated by, but there will be an actual – line I need to cross where I'm like oh, I actually need to know the specific details because there will be something that someone sees about the way that he's running the show that goes well that would never happen that would you know the mm. order of when they're doing stuff when they when they have the the script reads when they do etc etc then there's the how do you become a professional eulogizer or whatever the, the title is I need to start exploring that and then there's that whole world of going into kind of I envisage the sort of steps are eulogizer, charismatic, good public speaker, um, and then the next step is kind of those people who do the kind of lifestyle talks, the uh, lifestyle guru type people. Um, Who's it like Tony Robbins type thing? That's the step, and then there's the next step past that, which is like it becomes more like a cult. These people are just so passionately about it, and so. There'll be a point where I need to research all those different things and be like well so what what are some of the elements of a cult and there's certainly reading I've done before that can feed into that but I know that and I'm quite excited by the the point mm. where I get to that where I go but I don't want to get ahead of myself and go all right I'm going to read about cults now because mm. or too heavily read about cults before I've even got to the point where that that's far off in the story you see what I
0: mean yeah mm. so maybe, maybe I'm
1: doing it a bit chronologically or maybe I'm just lazy. Let's.
0: paste out I I like it I I think I'm doing a similar thing I really want to get in depth in my characters first and then I want to put them in a really you know normal situation that I know everything about and then I will worry about did they have polyester Um, what were they wearing how much did the bus cost (laughs) how do you get a passport in 1961 you know, I worry about that when I get there. Yeah. I think I think that's I think that's good. And I think you're doing the same thing. Well, we're probably all doing the same things, just with different areas. It's like, here's an idea. That's cool. I like it. I'll think about it. Oh, I need to learn something. I'll learn that thing. Oh, now I need to learn something else. Okay, I'll learn that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's that's good. the kind of joy of it. That it, yeah. it keeps it interesting. It's a sort of journey of learning discovery mm-hmm. and not being a kind of, you know, this isn't an exci, an encyclopedic kind of mm. exhaustive account of something. Can you guys ever imagine yourselves doing something like that, where you're trying to capture a specific, very well-known historical moment? Or
0: well, um, I wrote a PhD, um, <laughs> and that's pretty much <laughs> what that is, and I never brag, want to do that yeah, again.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So you've learned from that. I think. Yeah there's
0: there's no way i mean there's there's on the one hand to be an expert on something is quite cool if you're a cool nerd like me i'm a cool nerd um but on the other hand there's so much more to life don't do it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's where i stand i don't want to put anybody else off but my god no
2: (laughs) (laughs) not phd like but um I've certainly noted some key events um, uh, like uh, not very happy events some some grim um, assassi- assassinations like or deaths you know of certain people in Greece in the last um, uh, 30 years or so for example there is there's is a, a young child that was um, adolescent uh, actually 14 13 years old that was uh, shot by a police officer um, during some demonstrations Uh, so you know there are there's a lot of to discuss around this topic and I think I see myself if you want if I really want to write more than one book uh, I see myself delving into one of you know uh, topics like that in the future where I really have to understand one event uh, and feature it somehow in the story but not necessarily make it about that. Uh, you know, not one book around this, this event, but um, use that event as an inspiration. Uh, inspiration, not I don't want to use that word, more like fuel uh, mm. to write something similar and understand what was about, what,
1: what happened, and what the implications of that uh, can be. Yeah, and if, if it is a kind of, you know, these kind of significant news events and stuff like that, that we do all have our own experience of them mm-hmm. as they're happening. You know, we all have our where were we when and, and but also the kind of psychology of how you absorb these different things and certain things. So I think that's interesting. I would like to do that very much the kind of adjacent to history type stuff as opposed mm. to here is the actual historical event, you know, minute mm. by minute, what happened and we're really wary of that stuff and really wary of reading and watching mm. that stuff as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite a responsibility. I think it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Um,
1: and I don't want anything to read like a
0: Dan brown. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's one damn brown in the world, and that's probably plenty. Yeah,
1: it's quite enough.